Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 17 of Syracuse Sports. My name is Brent Axe. So great to have you here. It's a wandering life. And how did you wander to this very podcast? Did you subscribe? I mean, you're in the club. You did it. Congratulations. We'll send you like a sticker or something because that's the best way to get new episodes of this podcast. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Amazon, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you subscribe and follow. And you don't even have to think about it. There it will be when a new episode is up right there, wherever you subscribe. But if you haven't done so yet, we would appreciate it if you did it. If you are an Apple subscriber, leave us a review. Tell us what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. And it does help us stand out in the podcast world. So we greatly appreciate that. It is Clemson week here in Syracuse. And it is a fascinating game, always against the Tigers. Syracuse is been a thorn in their paw, if you will, it seems no matter what. But the bottom line is that Dino Babers is one in six against Clemson. Syracuse is one in nine against the Tigers. So how can they just put aside all woulda, couldas, and shouldas and beat Clemson? It is something we will discuss with former Tigers offensive lineman, ACC network analyst, and the host of a great podcast himself, Mr. Eric McLean, is going to join us here shortly to break down this matchup here. And one more thing, we are going to ponder how long we can hold off asking a yearly question in Syracuse, New York. I'll put it to you that way. Uh, Just a couple of reminders for you, though, not only about subscribing, which we appreciate if you do, you can leave us a voicemail anytime. If you're watching the game and you got to fire off a take, if you think of a question, if you think of something you want us to talk about on the pod, Uh, Most importantly, if there's something that you want to express on the pod, 315-552-1964. That is our voicemail. Leave us one anytime. You can hit me on Twitter. I'm getting used to this X thing. I'm always going to call it Twitter, right? People still call it the Carrier Dome, right? It's just going to take me a while to get used to this. But Twitter, X, whatever you call it, Brent Axe Media there. And you can uh, also please subscribe to our YouTube channel. You see it there if you're watching at Syracuse Orange Sports. That is a great way to keep up with the show as well. We've had some great comments uh, on the YouTube clips that I've been having a great conversation with some of you getting in those comments. That's been great. So as you can tell, there's lots of ways to get in touch with us here, but keep in mind the voicemail is there. The Twitter is there. And if you have longer inquiries, you can always email me bx at Syracuse.com. Syracuse sports is presented by our friends at Krause health. Find a career you'll love at Krause health, the exclusive healthcare partner for Syracuse athletics. All right, let's get to it. Shall we? Clemson's two and two for the second time in three years. What does that mean? How come Adabo Swinney refuses to do what you kind of need to do in college athletics these days, even for a program on the level of Clemson? Dip into the transfer portal, get into NIL. Why is he kind of pivoting away from that? And uh, we'll check in on uh, some things happening in the ACC as well, including how in the world did Duke football get college game day? before Syracuse did. What is happening there? Eric McLean, ACC Network Analyst. He's going to break it down with us next. So, Eric, my instinct here, seeing Clemson at 2-2 two and two for the second time in three years, is to say, <laughs> what's wrong with Clemson? But is that the right question to be asking here? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it is interesting. I, I think because of... I think because of how the two losses have looked, um, maybe, 
you know, just because that obviously drastically different, but kind of come back to the same issue, uh, which is turnovers, which is, you know, not being able to protect the ball um, at crucial times. And obviously the Duke was, you know, just an abomination, that Duke loss where, you know, you're on the goal line, you're on the one yard line, I think twice, fumble, can't score. Uh, you're on the four yard another time and, and you know, and, and maybe the six yard line and a couple of blocked field goals. So, you know, that one, I think it was like the alarm bells are ringing, everything's going off, you know, what the heck. And then this Florida State game where probably a lot of outsiders and, you know, maybe people that, that you know, don't cover this league as closely or, you know, what, whatever, we're probably like FSU is going to kill these guys, like absolutely steamroll them, you know, based on what you had seen from them, of, of course, in the LSU game. Uh, and then Clemson goes and plays, I think, their best game in two and a half years, uh, you know, where they execute at a super high level. And Cade Klubnick looks as comfortable as he ever has looked, um, you know, wearing a Clemson uniform defense standing up. I mean, to hold FSU to 22 rushing yards, my gosh. I mean, that, that's impressive as all get out with having one of the most, you know, electrifying quarterbacks in the country. Um, and yet that turnover bug kind of reared its ugly head and honestly was the massive reason of, you know, the loss and was a huge momentum grabber because Clemson's driving about to go up two scores. And then who knows what it looks like after that. Uh, and, and of course, FSU just takes it right back with kind of the fumble six there. So, you know, I, I'm not sure, man, because, you know, there's still obviously a lot of time and a lot of things that have to happen. Uh, but it certainly is eyebrow raising with what we've seen from them. So fun with stats here, Eric. In that game, Florida State had uh, 311 yards of offense. 310 of those yards came from transfers. I mean, that <laughs> does not speak to the current state of college football more than that. Right. Davos Swinney has not gone down that road. He's not a big transfer portal guy, NIL. He's certainly had some outspoken comments about that. What do you think about that? Do you think that the Clemson approach, that they're certainly bringing in top flight recruits and, you know, that hasn't dropped off and, and Dabo's kind of slow burn into the, the modern world. Do you think eventually he's going to have to crack and do it or can he do it his way, even with the way the game's changing? Yeah. You know, I, I think that um, there's a couple ways to look at it. I, I don't think that this game is the example where you go, you know, transfer portal wins, blah, blah, blah. Here you go. Cause I mean, if we're being honest, they dominated Florida State. You know, stats-wise, had about 140 more yards, had double the first downs. Uh, it was just that turnover that that led to a team that capitalized and got it to overtime and, and won. Um, so I don't think, you know, obviously if they didn't have Keon Coleman, different story. You know, if you're only rushing for 22 yards, what happens? Uh, but I don't think you use this game to say, see, we told you they should have went and got more people because toe-to-toe they were fine. Um, but I do think that on on the big boy level, at the playoff level, the national championship level, um, and, and just quite frankly, where college football, like look at the how the gap has closed so quickly because of this new world and, and Clemson not essentially playing by the same rules because they're not taking advantage of, of the opportunity of going out and getting immediate talent. And, and you know, that's their prerogative and, and has it hurt them? Sure. Um, you know, but I, I don't think that maybe this is the example of it. So it will be interesting to see, you know, how the season continues. Does Clemson lose, you know, a handful more of games? And then it's like a pressed issue where, you know, fans are screaming it, administration starts leaning into it. Coaches are wondering, you know, do, do we see that happen? Um, and, and really it's just, so it, it's confusing to me from a point because coach Dabo Sweeney is so competitive in everything that he does. I'm not sure why this one hasn't been or isn't another thing that he just wants to say, hey, I'm the best at. 
like let's let me go evaluate what's out there. I'm going to take my pick of whoever, bring them in and make us, you know, continually better. I'm not sure what the the hesitation is outside of this year. I do know they had no room. You know, they had a bunch of guys that decided to come back, uh, had a big recruiting class, and you know he's as loyal as all get out. He is not going to sit there and say, "Hey, son, here's the deal. You're not good enough to play here. You got to go." He'll never do that. And so, if that's the case where Clemson just does not have room, then it is where it is. Um, but, but certainly, I think that you know you'd love to just see a guy kind of lean into it and, and get those key positions and build depth, you know, where he can. But you know, it's just it's not his style right now. <laughs> While we're on the subject of Florida State, I think it's a little strong to say that Saturday represented some kind of changing of the guard. I think Florida State's right. got more to prove in that department, but they're yeah. clearly in the driver's seat now in no the question. ACC. As you look ahead here, what's on their schedule? What kind of team we're seeing? Is it just pretty much all in their hands to right. get the ACC's bid, get to the playoff here, and just kind of avoid some landmines going forward? Right. Yeah. And that, that's a great way to put it. You know, obviously uh, coming up on a bye week, which great time, you know, after that type of emotional win, really two weeks great in a row, emotional week. wins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Perfect to kind of settle the storm. Let's breathe a little bit. Let's watch some people play uh, unplug for a second um, and then hit this thing sprinting. But, you know, changing of the guard, I, I'll probably say no, but certainly continuing to solidify where they are right now, where they are this year and and really just showing that, Hey, you know, it, it takes moxie to, to win that game and to honestly win that Boston College game. You know, I, I think that a couple of years ago, maybe even last year, uh, Florida State does not beat Clemson in that game. I, I think that they get down. I, I don't think that they have the the guys in place. I don't think that the culture is strong enough to where you've seen it now really just galvanize and, and come together, that they have this belief that we are never out, that we are never down. We are never, you know, out of reach of, of reaching our goals here now. And uh, these two games in a row, I think as close as they were and as critical as, as again, outsiders want to be of the ACC and kind of point and say, well, see, we told you they, they actually weren't this good. I think these two wins will make them so much even stronger moving forward because they proved, hey, this isn't last year's team. This isn't two years ago, definitely not three years ago, where we can't compete in this game. We, we get down and we're out. Uh, and, and so I think that that really helps them. Certainly, like you said, some, some big tests on the road. Um, or excuse me, down the line, Syracuse and Duke at home. Of course, Miami uh, towards the end of the season and ending it with Florida, having to go to Florida, uh, will, will certainly be key. So they've got about four massive games. And like you said, a stumbling block. Is this going to be a team where maybe some of these teams like a Wake Forest, like a Pittsburgh, like a Virginia Tech, where they start looking another way, they start getting a little confident and they don't respect those teams. I just feel like I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're so locked into their goals, the possibilities, the opportunity they have in front of them. Eric, Syracuse-Clemson is not a rivalry. That's not the right word. <laughs> it kind of getting there, though. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's something. There it's is something, something between it's these something. two. I think Dabo said it last year that I think he said, like, why is it always something spooky happens when we play this team? Right. <laughs> Syracuse has been a thorn right in their paw, yeah. yet the record is one and nine since they both right. joined the ACC. Right. They're about as close to a couple more wins on that record as you can get here. So what do we call this thing between yeah. Syracuse and Clemson? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I've got to do some research and define a word for it. But I, I do think it's it's turning into the rivalry. I know that people will point at wins immediately uh, who, who maybe don't know the history as well. But th this has always been a crazy game. I mean, it, it really has. And, and you just don't know why. You don't know how or, or what is going to happen 
in the game. And, and for whatever reason, Syracuse just pl- plays like Superman when we get into this game and, and the things that they're able to do defensively, offense, moving the, f- the ball all over the field. So I, I think that it, it, it's funny how ESPN's kind of matchup predictor, FPI, whatever it is, and Vegas are kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum here. You know, Vegas favoring the Tigers by, I think the last I saw was seven. Uh, in the FPI or matchup predictors leaning with with Syracuse. So it, it's uh, it's something that I'm so intrigued, cannot wait to see. And just, you know, is Clemson going to be able to continue to harness after maybe what was a Herculean effort to, to stay in and, and try to win that game? And now that they didn't, uh, is the culture strong enough, which I think it is. I'm just kind of, you know, speculating from afar. Did that kind of deflate them a little bit? And, and now we see them stumble a couple more times. Well, it's interesting to hear you bring up like FPI and some of these things and analytics has its place, but yeah. this series has proven you throw all that stuff out the window. So if you want that's to right. sell me, like it feels like a that's rivalry, right. that's the mark of a rivalry game. To me, yeah. the important aspects in this game are what you said, Eric, which Clemson team are we going to get after that right. emotional game last week? Yeah. How is Syracuse fueled by what happened last year? Cause a ton of players, we're on the field last year in that fourth quarter, are back this year. And just the the emotions, how loud is the dome going to be? The yeah. ticket sales aren't going quite as thought uh, well as we thought. Now it's early sure. in the week. Maybe it picks up. It's homecoming, and Syracuse right. fans tend to be last-minute customers sometimes. That dome's <laughs> going to be loud. There could be 20,000 people in there. It's still going to feel like 50. I feel like that's what decides this game, those intangibles, those moments. Syracuse has played four teams where we've gotten – somewhat of a picture, but right. Eric, it's paint by numbers and they're not all filled in at this point. Now they're playing right. a legit team and we're going to find out about them. So that's what makes this right. matchup, I think, more intriguing than some of the ones we've seen in, in recent past is we're asking maybe what's wrong with Clemson. I'm still asking, is Syracuse good? What, what have you seen right. from Syracuse? <laughs> that's right. Well, you know, it, it is one of those things where, you know, it just feels like these last couple of years in particular, Syracuse goes on a run look really good, get ranked as high as I think 14 before mm-hmm. the Clemson game, um, and, and then lose to those guys. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe last six of seven they lost or, or five of right. six, something of yeah, that they nature. seven and six last year. Yeah. And, and I know injuries had a ton to do with that. I get it. And, and this is going to be a war, right? Anytime you play a team like Clemson, you're going to be banged up. So how can you protect yourself? How can you continue to, to go out after that? But, you know, I, I am with you. I, I think there's certainly pieces that you're really excited about. Garrett Schrader is playing at a freaky high level, which he has for the last couple of years, but it just feels like there's an ownership piece this year where he has a little more freedom. He's very confident in what he's doing, and I think he's healthy, which is great. And and you see a different guy who's running the football, disguising it. I mean, those fake handoffs, man, (laughs) it's teach tape. I've I've watched it a billion times because it's so beautiful, and just to see how that's done and you know the confidence to do that. I mean, you've got to have some – you got to have some stones to just hang on there that long and not just get blasted on the backside. And I'm sure he was peeking and took a look and saw there was nobody there, but you know, from our angle, it looked fantastic. And uh, you know, I think some other guys emerging and continuing to emerge is, is very important. Um, you know, cause he just can't do it by himself. Cause if he, if that's the case, obviously Clemson identifies that they hone in everything they've got on that. And then what's there to, to, to really, you know, come from it. But you know, when I see a guy like, uh, LaQuint really stepping up and, and doing his thing, going for over 100 yards last week. When I see these wide receivers, which at the beginning of the year was so deep, unfortunately a couple of injuries where you still have dudes, uh, but but maybe not as many. 
it's just exciting, man. And, and I think, honestly, in this game, the one-two rushing punch of Schrader and Allen is going to be vital. Like, it, it can't just be Schrader rushes it for 15, 20 times and nobody else can do anything. There has to be a bit of a balance just so you can keep some people guessing. Yeah, no question about it. Like, he can't be running 25 times like he get it, no. did against Purdue, no. but Purdue right. like, gave him an easy pass to run all over right. the field. So, <laughs> right. I mean, you got to right. take what the defense gives you. <laughs> but two things you just brought up make me th- – and I know last year is last year and this year is this year, but two key things. One, Sean Tucker ran the ball five times in that game right. last year. That's right. criminal. That's it criminal was. that he only ran yeah. the ball five times. LaQuinn Allen, I guarantee you, for entertainment purposes only, if you want to go out there and cash in on this, take the over on five carries in this game. The second thing is, Eric, you said it. Schrader is healthy. As a matter of fact, when we talked to him this week, he even admitted, he said, I can't believe I was still on the field in that game. I was so banged up. Like, by the time they got there, remember, the Clemson game was a little further in the schedule. It was game seven last year as opposed to game five this year. Schrader even admitted that he almost didn't make it through that game. And mm-hmm. by the standards there, he is healthy. So uh, by, right. by that measure, that's not good news for Clemson. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and the confidence meter for him, I think it's just at an all-time high. He, he is just oozing with it, man. And his preparation, his attention to detail. I mean, this is an old guy, right? Like, he gets it. And he knows how to study. He knows what to look at. Tries to find the different weaknesses. And how can you attack that? And I think there's also something to be said, you know, about him being with, with – uh, you know, a similar, I know he wasn't the OC, but similar guy for two years in a row now. And, and I think that when you see that with, you know, Coach Beck there and, and the things that he can do, the relationship that those two have, but also the trust and the freedom for Garrett to adjust as he sees fit on the field has been critical, man. So that chess match, I cannot wait to see. Uh, and, and obviously how fun it's going to be with a big-time quarterback going against a defense that, you know, quite frankly, all year has been really good. Eric, I wanted to get a note from you on a fascinating thing happening here in the ACC. You got all these basketball schools undefeated, right? But in no world would I ever accept that Duke would get game day before Syracuse. I I just can't process that. Now, Syracuse has come close a couple times in recent years. 2019, they had it. It was lined up, and then they stubbed their toe against Maryland the week prior. Didn't get it. Syracuse, had they beaten Clemson last year, all indications were game day would have come here for the Syracuse Notre Dame game. So it's not like they haven't been in that conversation, but this is a credit to what coach Elko's doing at Duke and the fast rise of that program. And what a unique environment for game day to go to. So give them their flowers. They're doing great. And I'm happy for what's going on down there, but how did he do this so quickly to the point where Duke's getting game day? It's fascinating to me. Right. It really is. And, And I think even the, the more fascinating piece is it's not like it was a roster overhaul like some of these places. I mean, you see Louisville, 41 new new people, no, new players, and you expect you know there to be a little bit of learning curve, but there hasn't been. They're playing at a super high level. But you saw a guy who it, – it's weird because I love Coach Cutcliffe to death, like one of my all-time favorites, and, and not to speak ill, but it was almost like a, a lack of, of touch with the program. Like mm. it, it just was a weird – era where things weren't resonating the same with, with guys and and a change was needed. And I think he identified that and obviously Duke did and they made the change and this guy comes in and you know just instantly breathes life into them and I think the strength staff has done an unreal job. I mean bigger, faster, stronger. You talk about in one true season and off season, these guys have put on weight, they've added to their speed. I mean look at that Clemson game. 
they looked like the better athletes, which is crazy to sit here and say, especially about my alma mater, but that's what it was. And they're flying around the football. I, I think just the confidence that he immediately brought uh, energized that team. And, and, you know, obviously you get a little lucky. Uh, you, you know, you have this quarterback battle that ends with Riley Leonard, you know, emerging as one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I think he's a surefire first round pick. Will be interesting to see, does he come out this year and is he top 20 or does he leave next year and maybe is number one? Uh, so I think that takes a little bit of luck and juice that they found that. Uh, but the the skill players that they were able to activate, the the mindset um, of running the football and really doing it in a dominant fashion, man, they've stepped up big time. And the defense is kind of now joining the party this year, of course, leading the ACC in points for a game that they've allowed with, I think, like eight and a half. So can they continue that? Interesting to see. Obviously, match, massive opportunity this weekend against a team in the Irish that have just absolutely owned everybody in this conference, and it pisses me off, so I hope they get it done. <laughs> Eric, uh, you know your barbecue, okay? That's right. Where you live. That's right. I've seen some videos of yours on, on, on social media. Not only places you can go eat, but the, the Mac Lane household is, is right. a great place for barbecue. So... All that said, I want an honest appraisal of how Dinosaur Barbecue holds up That's against okay. I can do where that. you are and, and your expertise in, in the subject. Here's the deal. And, and I think this is uh, probably the most fair way to do it. Um, it is so put like on this pedestal, it's hard to re- Like nobody could reach it, right? And, and, and the expectation I had going in, was not fair because I thought it was just going to be out of this world, unbelievable, all these things. It is the best barbecue I've had outside of North South Carolina. How about that? Is that okay. fair enough to say? That's Which that's is unbelievable. Fair. It was yeah. great. I loved it. I enjoyed it. I had the big beef short rib. We had uh, so, some barbecue, obviously, the sides, all that. Environment is unbelievable. Um, so big shout out. But I, I hate to even say this. My smoking pig is still king and always will be. This is what I've heard. I talked to Mark Packer about this. He that's talks right. about it. That, that's a high bar for dinosaur to reach. I, I get it. it. But it I is. think what you said is fair. I think I think it holds You know, up. it's kind of like repeat Heismans, man. It's just hard to do because everybody <laughs> has this crazy expectation. And it's not fair. You can't reach that. You can't do that. It's not fair. <laughs> Eric, before we let you go, give us all the plugs, man. You got a lot going on, ACC yeah, Network and, and everything. So tell us where we can find you when, when all these things are happening. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. We'll be at Virginia Tech hanging out in Blacksburg uh, with a couple of teams that are struggling a little bit, but somebody's got to win, so that'll be fun uh, this weekend as Pitt comes to town. But, you know, check us out on Gramlick and Mac Lane. You know, my good friend Kelly Gramlick, we do a super fun job over there just breaking down everything for the ACC. You've been on there a couple times, brother. You've been a great guest for us. Uh, but, yeah, all, all that stuff, you can find it anywhere you get it. And uh, we, we try to have a good time, man. This league's killing. I, I want to say that, too, before I leave. The ACC is playing at such a high level right now, man. And it's it's so much fun. You know, think about if Clemson was 2-2 two and two in years past, the season would be over, you know, for everybody because we don't have any playoff contenders. Teams are losing to trash teams, and that's not the case. You know, the league is dominating out of conference, playing at a super high level. And, man, we've got about five teams that I think have a shot for the ACC championship. When the heck has that ever happened? This is a lot of fun, and it's been a great year. Andrea Adelson, on that note, Eric, before we go here, brought this up. The ACC is the only conference right now with six undefeated teams, and the last time that happened through four weeks, the SEC in 2012. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, come on. This is where I it's know. at. 
So hey, we'll guess what? Nobody wants to tell you that, though, brother. So we got to scream it as loud as we can. There you go. We'll, we'll see if Syracuse remains on that list after they take on Clemson this week. Eric, it is always great to catch up, my friend. Keep up the good work, and good luck with the young family and everything going on down there. We always love having you, my friend. We'll do it again soon. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Oh, but wait. There's just one more thing. Shh. Do you hear that? That's basketball. Is the basketball team back at practice? That's right. The Mellow Center is alive with the sound of basketball for the SU men's and women's teams. Now, look, that's always an anticipated event in Orange Nation, but it kind of takes on a different tone with Jim Beheim not blowing the whistle for the first time in 47 years. And it's also going to bring on an onslaught of Adrian Autry will do fill in the blank for the first time as head coach. I'm already sick of hearing that. Now, the Syracuse football basketball crossover is always interesting to observe. There's been plenty of years, let's face it, where it provides relief from the struggles of the football team. And this year, Dino Baber's squad remains at the front of the conversation as they're still undefeated at 4-0. But you know what? It's been kind of a running joke between my colleague Chris Carlson and I after Syracuse football games in the press box this year where we kind of turn to each other and say, is this team good? A non-conference slate of Colgate, Western Michigan, Purdue, and Army has not painted a full picture. And I get why Syracuse scheduled that way. It's only two wins away from a bowl bid now, which by all measures is the standard on which Syracuse has to reach. But no, seriously, is this team good? We're all about to find out for sure. Because Clemson, North Carolina, and Florida State, the three most notable opponents left on SU's schedule, are all coming right in a row. And two of those three are on the road. Now, and we're not only going to find out if Syracuse is good, that gauntlet, dare I say, provides a clear path to greatness if you can mount a couple of those wins on the wall. Now, we all know what happened last year after Syracuse's 6-0 and start. It was against Clemson last year, this time in Death Valley, where the downfall began. Syracuse only won a single game after that and finished at 7-6. and six. This team is healthier and supposedly deeper. But you know what? It's put-up-or-shut-up time. And judging by the slow burn of ticket sales for the biggest home game of 2023, some of you are still taking a wait-and-see approach on this bunch, which is fair considering the recent history of Syracuse football. Now, if Syracuse can't hold water against the Tigers, Seminoles, or Tar Heels the next three weeks, it's not the end of the world. Every Syracuse fan, every one of them, would take an eight- or a nine-win season, even if it doesn't include a win over any of those three teams. That, by definition, is a great season. But it doesn't necessarily make you a great team. You need to beat at least one of those Blue Bloods for that distinction. Blue Bloods, basketball. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. How long can the football team get us to hold off asking that age-old question in Syracuse, New York? Is it basketball season yet? They're already at practice, you know. That is Syracuse Sports, Episode 17. We thank you for watching. We thank you for listening. Please subscribe. We would appreciate that on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. Hit that follow button. Hit that subscribe button and get new episodes delivered to you. 
when they are available. Just a reminder that Emily Liker and I, my colleague from Syracuse.com, we are doing our Syracuse football postgame podcasts live. We did it live after Army. We're going to do it live after the Clemson game as well, about 6 o'clock on Saturday night after all our postgame festivities are taken care of at the JMA Wireless Dome. So watch the show live. You can always get it in podcast form later. And the good thing about being there live is you can pop your comments in there as we are going. So keep that in mind for our football podcast going forward here. I think we're pretty much going to do the rest of the season live. Maybe one or two won't allow due to time and road schedules and things like that. But for the most part, uh, as the great uh, internet clip once said, we'll do it live, right? So we are excited about that. Don't forget about the voicemail at 315-552-1964 and get in touch with me anytime on Twitter or on email or uh, send us a telegram. It's been a while since we got one of those. I have no idea how you would even do that if you tried, but if you could figure that out, that would be pretty cool. Looking forward to uh, more podcasts this week, including the post-game podcast. As we mentioned, looking forward to hearing from you. And uh, we're always appreciative of our friends at Kraus Health. As Syracuse Sports is presented by Kraus Health. Find a career you'll love at Kraus Health, the exclusive health care partner for Syracuse Athletics. We'll talk to you next time.